What's up, people? And welcome to episode two of the F and Eminem podcast. I am today's host, Mitch Bala, alongside Mitch Farnsworth and Frank Lippold. Today, we're going to be talking about Trevor Bauer and MLB, Miles Garrett and the Browns, and NBA All-Star Weekend. Let's get right into it. Well, good afternoon, boys. Mitch Farnsworth, how you doing? How we doing, guys? I'm doing really well. Frank Lippold? I'm doing well. Hello, hello. Glad to be back with you. Episode 2 of the F and M&M podcast. Absolutely. Um, got some solid topics to talk about today. Um, so first and foremost, let's start with the big one right now. Major League Baseball as a whole right now, uh, in a bit of a dilemma. Not a dilemma, but a new stage that we haven't really seen in our lifetime. You you go to, we'll just start with this past week, Rob Manfred releasing uh, potential postseason changes in which I believe it's seven teams from each uh, league, respectively, would make the postseason up from five. The wild card format would be best two or three then. And then the division series, championship series, and world series itself would be best of seven. So let's start there. Um, Mitch Farnsworth, I'll throw it over to you first. Do you like the potential postseason changes? Um, when I first looked at it, I'm thinking, you know, it's something interesting and, you know, something new that can involve baseball on to it. And then I kind of kept on looking into it and got other opinions. And I'm really on the fence about it. I don't really like the idea of, you know, the top seeds getting to pick their, you know, opponents. Like, that was one of the stipulations. Um, I, I really... I feel like we've been doing this for the same, you know, way, you know, we've been changing it over. I think it's good as it is right now as a playoff system, for sure. Um, It's just some of these ideas are just not, like, way out of the part, like, way out of the whole system of what baseball, you know, we know and have come to love in baseball. But it's – I'm still on the fence about it. I think it's still good, like – for my own opinion, I think we're okay with the system that we are running right now. So I'll throw it over to Frank now. He's he's got a quite an opinion, so I'll I'll throw it to him. He does. No, honestly, I'm pretty much with in the same boat as Farnsworth. Uh, I like the playoffs now. The only thing I would change is I would make the ALDS and NLDS uh, seven game series. Keep it a one game wild card. Uh, but Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in sports. I um, mean. You get to pick your opponent while the other teams uh, are doing a reality TV show. Like, what is that about? I mean, I don't understand it at all, really. I I, I get trying to freshen up the game a bit, but he's just going the complete wrong way. And then uh, I know, Mitch Bala, I'll swing it to you. Trevor Bauer has said a lot, and I, I know you resonate a lot with what Trevor Bauer has said. So what do you think about Trevor Bauer in the comments and your opinion of the of the changing the playoffs potentially. Absolutely. So I'll start with the postseason uh, potential postseason changes. Um, no, just straight up no. Rob Manfred is in fact the worst commissioner in all of uh, modern day sports. It's not even close. He talks about how baseball is on the decline. Well, maybe he needs to look at himself in the mirror and realize it's because he's trying to do too much. Um, it's it, it makes no sense. You're right. Why? Why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the, that's the saying 
all our lives, right? Yep, absolutely. Nothing's broke. Part of the the best part about baseball is literally anybody can beat anybody any given day. No matter if you have the best player in the league or if you're a bottom market team. We've seen it before. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball, and he can't take the Angels single-handedly like LeBron James did with the Cavs or like we've seen other people do in basketball or Tom Brady and the system he runs with the New England Patriots. Leave it how it is. I agree with Frank. The ALDS and the NLDS to the best of seven. The only thing I could see happening would be making the wild card two of three, but I'm not saying I'm for that. I think that's the only thing of this proposed rule change that I could see and convince myself to be okay with. But the name in itself is the wild card. Right. I mean, it's supposed to be unpredictable for the most part. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be wild. It's supposed to be entertaining. If you make it two or three, all of a sudden you lose bringing your starters out in the second inning to bring in a reliever and then bring another starter in the fourth inning that would screw you up if you make it to the next round. But, like, you know you have another day to play. The best thing about the wild card right now is you aren't guaranteed another day. And I think that's what makes the postseason in baseball so great. But, like Frank said, and touched on, Trevor Bauer has expressed his comments. And first and foremost, I've already expressed my displeasure with Rob Manfred. So I'll go on with this. Trevor Bauer is what baseball needs right now. Baseball may be losing a generation. And I think the league office and commissioner and anybody in the higher-ups that is not playing is responsible for that. They are not allowing the players to express themselves. But you look at the NFL a couple years ago when they got rid of touchdown celebrations. You guys remember when they get flagged that they celebrated? Oh, it was so corny. And then the, the NFL came back and said, you know what, we were wrong. Let these players celebrate, you know, given a certain guideline as long as it's not inappropriate or, I mean, would put somebody in harm's way. Right. And the NFL brought it back. MLB players can't even wear their own customized cleats except for players weekend. Or unless it's to raise money for a charity during a, a specific month or week or weekend as well. Why? Why is why is baseball not letting the players itself have fun and be themselves? They're putting them out there, telling them what they have to wear, telling them how they have to go about their business, and it's not fun. They have BAM, which the MLB a while back put all this money up front into BAM to hold all these highlights, and Trevor Bauer dropped knowledge on it on Twitter through his uh, page, which is Momentum, that in the NBA... Steph Curry can do a bounce pass, and within five minutes on Twitter, there's one and a half million views. Yep. Mike Trout can dive over a, a wall, catching a baseball to win a game or rob you know a potential game winner, and you can't find it out there. Why? Why are Why are we making people miss out on fantastic plays? It's it just I I mean. I'll dish off to you guys because I can go on about this for hours. So I'll go to Frank, and Frank, I'll let you express your opinions on this as well. No, I 100% agree that baseball is uh, so behind the times uh, when it comes to just like followers on on the internet. I I know the UFC blows them away in in almost all the sports. Uh, Basketball does, football does, and you look at around and all the other sports. I mean, in the NFL, you have the big name brands. basketball, football, they all they all have their big name brands and in baseball obviously you have Trout but 
they're not on like the Trout and the Yelches of the world are nowhere near the the Tom Brady's and LeBron James's of the world. Those other sports are just so further advanced, uh, making it player driven. Where baseball, it's all about you have to set these so many rules, then you have the unwritten rules, and it's just so confusing. Uh, I couldn't imagine being a player like. Like you touched on, like just something as simple as the custom cleats. Like Mike Levinger, a very outgoing guy, had a bunch of different colors, but you know you, you can't wear them because your colors are white, red, and blue. You can't wear yellow or green. I mean, who's that hurting? Like who who's that hurting? You, you know, you, you look at another example: shoe deals with Le- LeBron. You have the LeBrons. Uh, you have the Jordans. You have the OBJs in football, and then the only one player I think has it in baseball is Trout and. Ken Griffey had them. I don't even know if they sell that great, but baseball is just so far behind when it comes to a lot. And I'm happy Trevor Bauer put put pretty much everybody on blast, telling them like, I don't know what you're doing. You're going the wrong way. Another big thing is like the blackouts. Uh, when you have you can buy MLB.tv. I did. Uh, I I bought it once before and thinking you can go like watch it the indians wherever i go on my phone but you know you get blacked out because guess what you live in the cleveland area and at the time even if you live in the surrounding areas you still can't even watch the games for some reason it's just really confusing baseball is they they need desperate changes and this playoff uh new proposed rules and we didn't even touch on the actual rules that that are implemented this year with uh yeah. the the bullpen if a guy comes off the bullpen they have to face a minimum of three batters like just to speed up what say five minutes in a game like especially if you watch a baseball game or uh, go to a game and spend a lot of money saving five minutes it really isn't that big of a deal and you're not drawing in what are you going to draw in two more fans uh frank and you're right that would be about five minutes i believe last year they said if i'm not mistaken the average game play for an MLB game was just at like two hours and 59 minutes. Do you know how long the, this past national championship, the college football playoff was between LSU and Clemson? It was easily probably four and a half hours. It was over four hours. Yeah. People weren't complaining. Right. If it's a good game, they're going to watch it. Okay. It, it thought that it's this, this notion that baseball is dying and views are dying, and people aren't coming anymore because of the length of the game. Is such BS. Yeah, okay, let me touch on people this. People aren't coming anymore because one, it's not fun. Two, most families can't afford it because baseball is an expensive sport to go watch. It's three. I want to go see players be themselves. Right. And if you're not going to let Mike Clevenger be himself, or Trevor Bauer be himself, or you're not going to let a face of baseball be themselves. And Mike Trout, Yelich, Bellinger, Lindor, Mookie Betts. I mean, the list goes on for days. If you're not going to let them be themselves, then why would I pay money to go to a game and watch, let alone tune in on my own free time on TV to watch? I mean, so this whole this whole notion that, well, baseball is down because the game is too long, it's, it's, that's broken. It's, it's not the case. No, I, 100% I agree. If you really want to, you want to fix baseball – it seems pretty simple for me. You let the players be themselves. You bring in robotic umpires, and you can have a great game. Uh, Mitch Farnsworth, you haven't talked in a, in a bit. What are your all thoughts on this? Um, yeah, you guys kind of covered it really well, um, going back and forth about the game of baseball and you know how much it's uh, 
You know, Trevor Bauer kind of pointed out a lot of these problems, and he's absolutely right in every instance. You know, the cleats kind of is ridiculous, not letting the players have their own, you know, personality. Not, you know, the more like the blackouts and all these different things that, excuse me, we've talked about, or you guys talked about here, and the time and length of the game, you know, like Mitch said, if the game's interesting, you know, then people are going to stay and come into the seats, you know. Um, it's just the cost is a huge thing when it comes to baseball, you know, ticket prices and parking and the gas to get there and all these things are just becoming this giant, you know, block that, you know, a lot of people don't want to come to the games and then they'll just watch it at home and, you know, still then you have those blackouts and then it's just a whole, you know, circle. It comes all, uh, all around here. So, um, it's I'm totally with Trevor Bauer and everything he said in criticizing baseball and rightfully so he was able to do that um it's it's really unfair that you know some of these players are you know they don't get to express themselves they don't get marketed as much as the other leagues the other leagues they have you know less players baseball you know they have all these players the ability to market them um is at an all-time high you know it's it, but you just can't do it and it's killing the league and um, Mitch Ball, and then, you know, it kind of talked about what Trevor Bauer said in that, um, um, I was trying to, now I forgot what I was thinking. Um, he's, uh, it was about, um, you talking about his, his video on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, Mitch Ball had just talked about it, but now I can't remember. I had it in my head, but now I lost it, but it doesn't matter. It's just been a def- uh, difficult process, you know, um, trying to get people back into the game of baseball and, you know, thinking about we're missing out on a generation of baseball fans here because they don't have the accessibility to it and it's not marketed as well. These players don't connect with these, you know, these kids, young kids, because, you know, they're not marketable. Or they don't get marketed. So uh, that's all I had to kind of say because you guys kind of covered it pretty well. So I'll throw it back to you guys. And I, I just think that when you look at all sports, you, you look at the NBA, and for the most part, you associate the MLB with LeBron James. And LeBron James has a voice in that league, as does the likes of Steph Curry. Um, I'd say Giannis now, and I know Frank is going to want me to throw James Harden in there, and I will. You look at the NFL. There are players that have had a voice when you look at years past. I mean, Tom Brady comes to mind. That'll take the social media when they disagree with something. Now, Trevor Bauer, I'm not saying he's the face of an MLB, but he's the voice that the MLB needs right now. And I, I think that it's the best thing for him to come out and say this. However, I think he can potentially hurt himself sometimes with how he goes about it. But nevertheless, he spits facts. I would... And when it comes to spitting facts, let's go ahead and talk about his take on the Houston Astros. Right. Because there has been a lot lately, especially today. Yep. Today is February 13th as we're shooting this. This morning, the Houston Astros ownership and a few players finally broke their silence and commented to the media on the sign-stealing scandal from what the MLB reports is only 2017. There was no findings of, or maybe half of 2018, but nothing during their postseason run then. And then, of course, no findings of buzzers this past postseason, although... That's that's still debatable. There, there, there's pretty hard evidence that there's buzzers. So, either way, when, when we come to Trevor Bauer, 
He's voiced his opinion, as has Mike Clevenger. Oh, um, yeah. So I'll, I'll go last on this topic, and I'll swing it over to Mitch Farnsworth, and we'll go to Frank. So, Mitch, I, I want to get your take on the whole cheating scandal and what you think of the Astros' apology today. Uh, I believe it's an embarrassment to the sport. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a dark like uh, cloud that has come over baseball and that, you know, a team has, you know, pretty much bent the rules in their favor. Um, it's it, it could be, I think I saw one article from the New York Post that said it was like the Black Sox scandal back in, you know, um, early 1900s going on there. Um, it's just such a huge situation that you never think, you know, Everybody thinks that you know uh, you try to keep the game as clean as possible and you keep keep cheating out of it. But a team has absolutely gone out of their way one hundred percent to you know take over you know to win games based on just you know cameras and I, I, sign stealing is fine. That that is a whole, totally fine. But when you bring in technologies where we have to draw the line, like sign stealing has been going on forever you know since the ba- the game started you know stealing signs but once they use technology and you know the buzzers under the jerseys it's it's absolutely ridiculous going that far to you know win but uh based on their apology all i could say is pretty fake um i, I don't think any of those guys feel regret in any way um you know obviously now maybe a little bit because of the amount of backlash they've gotten um, and you know, it's always going to be tainted now that world series, because there's going to be that little asterisk connect to it that says, you know, used signs, stole signs during that whole year, with the use of trash cans and technology and all this different things. They, I just don't think they care. Like they have their rings. They've got all the, you know, the title already. They get to keep this stuff. Really? What did they lose? $5 million? Not even no. of their own money. Yeah, the team's money, which is five million dollars, which is absolutely nothing to a in franchise a, like that. In a billion dollar corporation of baseball, you're right. Five million dollars from the owner of the Astros. That's all they it, lost. It means nothing. It absolutely means nothing. Their apology means nothing to me. So um, I, I just can't really. If if I'm another player, and obviously a lot have already spoken out about this, you know, being angry that losing their spots, and even you know Frank brought up that the guys, one of them is suing the league or the uh, the team for you know doing this stuff. Yeah, um, it's a whole situation going on. I just don't. It's it's really degrading to see some of these players, and you know the looks on their faces, and. You know that they they're upset, but you know it, it doesn't mean nothing to me. It means nothing to me that you're sorry for cheating. It's I am you did it. You have to live with it, and everybody knows you did it now. So you got to live with the consequences, and you know the always being known as cheating. So I, I really just thought my overall take of their apology today was fake, and uh, I don't think any of the other players in this league will accept that apology either. So I'll throw it to you guys after saying that. Yeah, we're MLB and the Astros are really going to be treading water with this whole entire season and moving forward. Let's just say, uh, for example, a pitcher accidentally hits an Astro player. Is he going to get automatically ejected? I mean, there's going to be a lot of scenarios here in play where some of these players, obviously you have to keep the Astro player safe, um, but bringing it with the press conference today, I mean, with their owner, what Jim Crane said, 
I mean, what he said and what the player said were just pre-scripted um, articles, and it, it was just so bad. And even bringing it back to when uh, uh, the the old GM they had to fire when he was screaming out loud, thank God we got Robert uh, Roberto Ozuna, where uh, the year they traded for him, they traded for him uh, while he was suspended. You suspended because of domestic violence, and you're, you're screaming, thank God we have Roberto Ozuna right in front of female reporters. And then on top of that, the female reporters put it out there online, and then you come out and say they're lying. Like, the whole Astros franchise is a joke. Thank God the Nationals won this past year. Um, 2017 is tough because obviously that was supposed to be the Indians' year. Um, and I'm actually kind of happy they di- they did choke against the Yankees now because I couldn't imagine being a Yankees fan and knowing, uh, or even a Dodgers fan for knowing that you were cheated against. And Yankees had uh, a lead three to two, and then they go back home. The Astros do and win game six and seven. Uh, and then in the World Series, that was back and forth, and it goes all the way to game seven. And you Darvish, who's an all-star pitcher, uh, randomly gets blown up in the first inning. And the big takeaway for me is with the fine, with the, the GM being fired and the coach being fired and suspended, really, this, this Rob Manfred made it even more of a problem because, like what Farnsworth said, you didn't really put a stop to it. The fine wasn't, I know there's a rule on how much you can find a team, which they got fined the maximum, but, you know, you should have postseason banned them and... I know the players got immunity for telling the truth, but man, it, it sucks that they all get away with it. Um, but there's going to be the, the ring, like you said, Farns, were definitely an asterisk, a huge asterisk, one of the biggest asterisks in all of sports to that title. Um, but Mitch Bala, let's bring you back into this conversation. Yeah, I mean, right away you said a huge asterisk, and I'll agree it's probably going to be the biggest asterisk in all of sports. I mean, you look at how big of a controversy it was when the Patriots were deflating footballs against the Indianapolis Colts. Right. Um, in my opinion, in the record books, are they going to go down as uh, World Series champions? Yes. In my book, they're not. Um, not even close, in my opinion. The Yankees probably should have been the World Series. Shouldn't even have been the Astros. Should have been Yankees-Dodgers that year. I mean, will we ever know? No. And you could say, well, the Astros are still probably a better team. Yes, but if they had to cheat to even get there, who knows if they could have got there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without cheating. Um, uh, it does suck. The players got immunity. Um, they messed up. I mean, if that's what you had to do to get them to talk great, but you should have given them a way harsher punishment. You're, you're so right, Frank. One thing we're missing is they did have to forfeit, I think, one or two first-round draft picks, but guess what? That's, For a team as good as they are, yeah. it's not, that's nothing because they're always at the bottom or the end of the first round. It. You know, I'll, I'll go back to Mitch Farnsworth and the unwritten rules, as he said about baseball. There, I, I played baseball, as you know, Frank, Mitch. I mean, I, yeah. high school baseball, college baseball, there are unwritten rules. And you, you're taught when you start playing competitive at a young age that when you're not in the game or you're not up to bat or on deck, you're supposed to try to pick signs yourself and decipher and see what the coaches could be relaying as a third base coach or as a pitching coach in the dugout. We did that when I when I was 13. That's just how baseball is. But the difference here is the Astros use technology. But when you're on second base and you have a hitter at the plate, you're allowed to look into the catcher and try to read the signs and relay it to your hitter. Now, the catcher can cover that up because he can tell. But how the hell 
are the players supposed to know if you're using a camera? Exactly. There, there's there's no way to even protect themselves from that. It it's so messed up with how they did it. Um, I mean, Frank, you're right. I'm I'm not happy, but I'm more at peace knowing the Indians blew that lead to the Yankees in 17 because yep. I don't know how upset I'd be right now. Oh, dude. Had they, had they got to the ALCS and we don't make it to the World Series because the Astros cheated to get there. And even I, even when we played them in 2018, they accused yeah, us of cheating when that dude was, who knew what he, his actual intentions were, uh, sitting right next to our camera area. And don't it, forget, Trevor Bauer called him out and said, yo, that guy is, he, yeah. he's not part of baseball. He's with the Astros. I think they're cheating. Right. And everyone brushed it under the rug and said, Bauer's just a sore loser. Right. The Indians got swept. Bauer gave up that home run. The Indians are sore losers. No, that wasn't the case. Trevor Bauer was so right. Okay? Yep. I mean, everybody that accused this team of cheating was right. And you bring in the pitcher for the Blue Jays that they have all the stats and the number of bangs. I believe he threw 29 pitches. Yep. He went a third of an inning. And I believe he gave up seven runs. And yep. guess what happened after that? He got cut. That dude was cut. Yep. And has never played professional baseball since. The Astros literally ruined someone's life and potential career by cheating against them. Yep. Now, maybe he wasn't the best, you know. I mean, th- there's no saying, but he never is going to get another opportunity now because the Astros had to cheat against a guy they had no no knowledge of because he got called up. Yeah, That's we- where this takes a turn. That's where Mike Clevenger chimed in. He's so, so right. Because for people that aren't familiar with baseball, minor league baseball is awful. Terrible. And I don't mean the quality of baseball. The quality of what those guys have to live. They make next to nothing. They have to get jobs in the offseason while they continue to train for the upcoming season. It, you're talking about guys that have to work at Dick's Sporting Goods during the holidays, and then when the holidays are done, they have to go find another job for a couple months, all while working out you know, twice a day, hitting, eating right, trying to, first of all, trying to afford food to eat right, and then try to make a roster or try to go from single A to double A or double A to triple A. People just associate minor league baseball players with these first and second round guys that go and sign for millions and millions of dollars when there's the number of rounds in the MLB draft. Oh. It's almost unimaginable. And people right. don't realize that because, once again, MLB draft isn't televised like the other two. The MLB draft isn't broadcasted as big nope. as the other professional sports drafts. And that's exactly where baseball's uh, missing out again. All in all, the Astros' apologies were piss poor. Pardon my language. They were absolutely terrible. Um, I will, I, Like I told Mitch Farnsworth before, I've never been a huge Alex Bregman fan. No. Nope. You're asking the first-round pick. You know, there's other guys who are first-round picks and become bust. He played 43 games his rookie year at the end of 2016, hit below 270 or 270 on the nose. Past three years when they've been cheating, he was over 300. So you tell me, is he really good or not? Because in my opinion, the book's still out. Let's see how good he really is when his whole lineup that's already good, granted he's surrounded by good players, let's see how good he really is when all the other players don't know what pitches are coming to. And Altuve uh, won an MVP with with, with the cheating. Absolutely, you're right. You're 100% right. And the last thing I'll I'll touch on with this is the MLB is going to have to be careful like you said, Frank, they're going to have to protect the Astros players whether you like it or not because I think they deserve everything that's coming to them. Yep. I think they deserve every ball thrown at their head as a batter. I think they deserve every 
fight that could be started charging the mound. Um, we already heard what Mike Clevenger said. They should be ashamed to step on the same field as us. And other players around baseball have expressed that too. Oh, so right. I know I know for a fact when the Indians and the Astros play, I will have my popcorn and I'll be watching, especially when Mike Clevenger pitches, because you know damn well they're going to get hit. And it's going to be great. As a, as a baseball fan, um, and as someone that I mean can't really stand anybody on that Astros team except for Michael Brantley right now, yeah, um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see. And what and am I? I hope what they am deserve I? everything that's coming to them. Well, my last part here, I, uh, Justin Verlander, very vocal guy about people taking oh, uh, yes. steroids and PEDs, and um, been nowhere to be found throughout this whole entire thing. I, the Indians would crush him left and right at the tail end of his career in Detroit. And all of a sudden, uh, we didn't even touch on the the alleged um, the alleged uh, substances that the pitchers use to get the spin rate up. Like, I mean, that whole Astros organization is very fishy. Um, but that's all that's all I have to say about that. And you're right. We can touch on that again when we get closer to the season because I'm I, like I've said before, the whole Garrett Cole situation. I think his numbers are going to be spiked this year. I do think the Astros have been cheating on both sides of the ball. Uh, when it comes to pitching and defense and as well as offensively. Um, but I think we brought our emotions and opinions out on that yeah. enough to move on to our second topic. And uh, pretty big news around the National Football League this past week. As we know, uh, Miles Garrett was suspended indefinitely for his actions against the Steelers on that Thursday night game, I believe week 11, in Cleveland, uh, in the incident where him and Mason Rudolph got tangled up, and next thing you know, Miles Garrett swinging his helmet at a helmetless Mason Rudolph and hit him in the head. Um, that action right there, and the brawl between the teams, you know, resulted in suspensions, fines. Um, obviously, the big one, Miles Garrett, suspended indefinitely. But this week, met with Commissioner Roger Goodell, and Miles Garrett has been reinstated effective immediately. He will be available for OTAs in May. He will be available for uh, you know mini camp, training camp, preseason. So Miles Garrett's back yep. for the twenty twenty football season. So Frank, we'll start with you this time. With Miles Garrett being back, does this change any outcome for the twenty twenty season for you at all? Um, going into this season, I was expecting Miles Garrett to be back. Um, the indefinite suspension was a little outrageous. They should have just suspension the rest of the year, um, and, and you'd be back to start twenty twenty. Um, not in the big picture. It doesn't change much because I was already expecting him to play the year. Now, if they would have suspended him two, three, four more games going into the 2020 season, then obviously it would have been very problematic. But one of the our best defensive linemen, one of our best uh, defensive players, if not the best, uh, is back. And hopefully he can um, make peace with what he did. Obviously, it was very wrong uh, of what he did, the overreaction. We obviously don't know what was actually said on the field. Somehow the NFL's microphones didn't pick up a single word what was said. But how convenient. Yeah, how convenient. Um, but going back to the incident itself, I mean, like what, five seconds left in the game? Pittsburgh throws a simple pass, and Miles Garrett, you know, how is he was how is he supposed to know that uh, Mason Rudolph threw the ball? He goes down to try to sack him. Mason Rudolph tries to snap his neck, and, and who knows what was said there? Um, and Not that, to mention, he delivered a couple blows. Yeah, exactly. Deliver a couple punches or blows to the groin area, of Miles Garrett. No, exactly. I was just touching on that, and then and then once they 
the whole brawl happens, and you know it is what it is. Miles Garrett being suspended last year probably wouldn't have changed much because of how bad our head coach was. But you know, at that point, I think that was our third win in a row. I think we were. I I forget what our record was at that time. Maybe five and six, uh, something like that. But to your original question, twenty twenty. Um, not, not too much has changed because uh, I was already expecting him to be in here. Um, and then Mitch Farnsworth, you're, you're the outsider here. You're, you're not the Browns fan, but from your perspective, how does this change the Browns season? Absolutely changes, I think, a little bit. You know, you get your one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, you know, back on your defensive line. Obviously, that's going to be good no matter what. So I would definitely see an uplift on the defensive side of the ball, but in the way that I see the game is going now, um, I just think it's kind of sticking at that eight games or less, I would say, like we did last week or two weeks ago. I think, well, yeah, our last show we talked about a little bit about the Browns. Um, I really don't see a lot of improvement just with one player. He obviously is a great talent and can get to the quarterback with, you know, he could get through two guys to get to the quarterback. You know, it's, it's difficult to... Uh, for one guy to do it, um, um, I just don't see, you know, a total huge improvement. You know, obviously the stats will be better for the defense, but it, when it comes directly to wins, I still am going to have to stand with my eight or games or less win total for sure. So I'll go back to Mitch Ball now. All right. And Frank, this is specifically for you. All right. I want to make sure you hear how I answer this question. Um, because this does change the outcome for me because originally I did not expect him to be back. I thought the NFL was going to throw the hammer on him and keep him suspended for a while, potentially through week 11 so he would have served a full 16 games. I'm not saying I agree with that. I was hoping he'd be back. I thought he served enough because we've seen helmets be swung before the NFL. The, The reaction they got from that game was like, they had never seen it before. I mean, I, I, I can vividly remember Cortland Finnegan for the Titans and Andre John, Johnson for the Houston Texans ripping both of their helmets off of each other and fighting in the field. Right. Um, not to mention, I think it was week 17, I believe, was it a Broncos game where they said a player took a helmet off and hit him, but of course it was off camera? No, so, I, something I, like that. But definitely uh, there was another incident later in the year. Yeah, exactly. And I think the big thing was it wasn't caught on national television. I, I, I think that was the issue. Um, yeah, let me, I mean, I thought the NFL was going to keep the suspension. I did not expect him to be back, which I, I thought was wrong. Um, but with him being back now, yes, I think it does uh, change my prediction for the season. I think instead of 0 16, they'll go 2 and 14 because the Browns suck. I love that and confidence. I a Browns fan. <laughs> As I touched on last show, it's it's just a factory of sadness. Yep. I'm done. I will never be excited again until they actually do something. Um, in my opinion, I I think I'd cry if they went eight and eight, just because I haven't seen a team over 500 since uh, 2007. Yeah, you, you with the Browns is like how I am with the Indians. I, I think the Indians are awful, um, but I just think that's funny. <laughs> oh, and 16 to two and 14. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, Miles Garrett does make a, ma- a huge impact. 
I believe I, I saw the statistic from a Cleveland News reporter earlier in the week. At, at that point, Miles Garrett was on pace to break the Browns' single-season sack record, and had he kept up the production with no letdown, he would have been on pace to uh, lead the NFL in sacks last year. Yeah, that, it was sort of fluky because it was a Thursday night game. It, it was. It, it's not like the other incidents where it, it got lost in the shuffle. That was literally the the only talking point. I remember the next the next day on Friday, first take literally had their entire show, two hours dedicated to just the incident itself. You never see that no. um, in any sport, but you know it happened, and now I'm just glad he's back. I am too, and I think um, knowing his character, that was a little out of character for him. He's a very from what it appears on the outside, he's a very gentle guy. You know, writes his own poetry, plays the piano, I believe. Um, just a guy that doesn't go out a lot. So he's out of character, but I'm happy to see him back. I think he's a really good guy. He made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes, and they deserve second chances. And so only time will tell if he learned from that. And we'll have to stay tuned to see if that happens. But uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to our third topic. Um, tonight is the last night of NBA basketball. Before the All-Star break, NBA All-Star weekend is this weekend. So, with that being said, this will be a two-part question. We'll start with Mitch Farnsworth first. Mitch Farnsworth, what is the best event out of all the NBA All-Star events this weekend? And then part two of that, rank All-Star weekends by the sport trucks. Between NFL, MLB, NHL, if you like, go right ahead with NHL and the NBA. Alright, so best event out of all of them, I always like the slam dunk contest. For sure. Like, honestly, that's probably the best event that I've watched multiple times over the last years. You know, the Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine one was a one that just jumps out of my, like, jumps out to me that, you know, I've ever since I always make it, you know, a, um, yeah, make it a, you know, direct thing, or a, I'm trying to think of the word, but um, I always try to see it every year. I, I try to, you know, if I'm not working or anything, I like to see the slam contest. You know, the three-point contest, that's interesting. I got Duncan Robinson's in it, so I'll probably watch that as two. But I would say that um, I would definitely go with the dunk contest as my, the best event out of the three. But, man, I would rate the, as the four, the big four sports – I would say out of the whole weekend, I would probably put, phew, oh man, it's tough between the MLB and the NBA. Um, I think I'll put NBA number one, MLB number two, and it's a tough one. I think it'll be NFL's number three. Well, I guess NHL has a lot more, but I'll have to stay. You know, NHL is probably three, and then four. I I really just don't like the system of the NFL weekend. It's kind of a out of the ordinary. Yes, it's something different. It's a different All Star week than the other ones, but it it really doesn't you know grab my attention that honestly. So that's kind of mine. Uh, do we want to go to Frank next? Or yeah, sure. let's go to Frank. Okay. So for me, with uh, All Star weekend, um, it all depends pretty much who's in what events like if like the Curry's Thompson's I remember when Kyrie was on the Cavs like the three-point uh contest was a must watch um and then when you have the big dunkers like Zach Levine and the Aaron Gordons of the world uh in the dunk contest it's also must watch for me but I actually love watching the the all-star game itself because it's pretty much an impromptu dunk contest part two with with other players that that don't actually do 
the dunk contest itself. I mean, you you get to see LeBron, Russell Westbrooks of the world uh, do some amazing dunks. And, and plus, if you don't if you don't like watching defense, you get to watch just some of the best players in the world um, step back threes, drive the lane, dunk the ball. So for me, I actually love watching the game itself. Um, so I'd probably go the NBA All-Star Game and then the dunk contest and uh, three-point contest there. But on, on the grand scheme of things, it has to, the MLB has to be number one because uh, the game is the most competitive, uh, and it's not really even close. Uh, all the dudes are always trying. And you have the Home Run Derby, which is a, a huge event uh, for, the, for baseball too. So if I was to rank all of them, I'd probably do – MLB one, NBA two, and then you, I don't I don't watch the NHL, so I, I've never actually watched one of theirs before. So I, I'd have to just go NFL three, because uh, the NFL it's just at a bad time. The teams in the Super Bowl aren't there. Uh, the games is, is pretty much a joke. It's pretty much just a test. They they just try to do a bunch of different rules like they did this past year. Um, so it, it's just not that fun. I, I get you don't want to hurt other players, but but still, you could at least make it somewhat competitive. So that's all I have to say about that. No, right, you're right. Um, NBA All-Star Weekend is, is a lot of fun. Between the dunk contest, three-point contest, the game itself, but also, I mean, even the Rising Stars Challenge is fun. Even the Celebrity Basketball Game is entertaining. That's what oh, I like right. between yep. basketball and baseball. The Celebrity Softball Game, the Celebrity Basketball Game. It's always fun to see these celebrities we watch and you know some people praise of their music talent or their acting talent and they they have no athletic ability at all and it's really entertaining to see that um i think my favorite event it has to be the dunk contest when i think about which one do i want to see like which one do i always make time out of my night or make sure i'm in front of the tv it's the dunk contest and i think this year is gonna be fun i'm really excited to see dwayne howard in it oh you're right um, he hasn't been in it for a while, and see him and Aaron Gordon go uh, up against each other. Both previous winners before, both have a lot of tricks up their sleeves, so that's really entertaining. And Frank, you you touched on the All Star Game itself for the NBA. That's also entertaining. You're 100 right with it, it's pretty much like another in game dunk contest, or you see these players not hustling all the time, but it's just high scoring. It's fun, right? Um, and it it is entertaining, and I, I enjoy watching that too. But I do think NBA All-Star Weekend is a blast. And looking at all the other sports, I'm going to go reverse order. For, for me, football's dead last. Yeah, I'm not a hockey guy whatsoever, but the NFL, th- their weekend is atrocious. It's just, it, that, that's all I can say. I mean, I don't want to watch my favorite football players play dodgeball. Right. Th- 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 I'm, not, I'm not here for that. Tell me what I get out of watching them play dodgeball. Congrats, you know, Jarvis Landry was great. I, I don't care. They're football players. Um, NHL's three, and then between baseball and the NBA, it, they're right there because, in my opinion, I think the NBA, the weekend as a whole, between the Rising Stars Challenge, three-point contest, dunk contest, and celebrity basketball game, is very entertaining and draws in a lot of attention. But as the game itself... MLB is far and away the best because they are they still are trying and playing hard. Right. Um, I I was very upset years ago when, of course, when Rob Manfred came into the league, yeah. um, All Star game to no long no longer determine home field advantage. 
I thought that was one of the greatest things about the All-Star game is the players took it seriously because they wanted to make sure they had home field advantage for their respective side. Um, last year, I believe, it was 2016 when Kluber won it, and then next thing you know, the Indians had home field advantage in the World Series. Yep, yeah, uh, yep. That was, that was very interesting. Um, but we're talking about the weekend itself and all the events, so it, it hurts me to say because I love baseball, but I think NBA on a broader scale, on a national scale, a worldwide scale, um, it is the better one. But MLB is right there. I mean, the home run derby we've seen before can be absolutely electric when you get the right names in there. Um, but So I'll actually say 1A basketball, 1B baseball, no 2, and then 3 NHL, 4 NFL. That, that's how I'd rank them. So that's that. Um, with that being said, guys, any, any last comments on anything we've touched on in today's show? I'll, I'll just say real quick, uh, I was lucky enough to to be at the uh, All Star game last year for the uh, uh, when when Cleveland hosted it, and, and that game was super competitive. They especially seeing Shane Bieber end up winning the MVP was I've seen a lot of really cool things in that stadium, and, and that one is, is one or two. So that's just firsthand for me. That's why I, I put uh, the baseball itself just because of how great the, the All Star game is. I haven't been Danny, so you know I can't. I can't go with what Frank's off. What Frank said, so um, <laughs> you know I would love to. I know the the uh, it's the basketball weekend's coming to Cleveland soon, so yep. hopefully twenty twenty two. Yeah, that'll be fun. Same year, LeBron's a free agent again. Hmm. Think about it. Think about it. So if you guys are both good, I know I'm good. Um, this has been episode two of the FNMNL podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, however you're listening. Uh, from my partners, Frank Lippold, Mitch Farnsworth, and myself, Mitch Bala, we'll talk to you next time we talk to you.